Welcome to Momentum Church. Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see all of you today. My name is Stephanie. I am um, one of the pastors here at Momentum, and we're so, so glad. I have to say it at least once. We're so glad that you're here. It wasn't going to feel like a good Sunday morning if I didn't get a chance to say that at least once. Um, but really, are so, so glad that you're in the place today. I um, do want to take a quick second. Um, could not let today go by without saying um, happy birthday, Barbara Graves. Um, this is my mom, and today is her birthday. She was born, and therefore I was born. And I'm very happy about both of those things. Um, but I said, I'm so glad that you are here and that I get to worship with you this morning. Thank you for birthing me, um, but also being such a great example to me um, of what it means to love Jesus and that women have a place in the church and that women can do ministry and affect lives. So thank you for doing that and being that in my life. I know many others are affected because of you, but happy birthday. And Pastor Ross, too, if you're watching on Facebook, it's also your birthday, and we're glad you're here as well. <laughs> um, but it, it is so wonderful to be able to, what an amazing um, worship service that we just have. We have an amazing, uh, amazing worship team. Does anybody else enjoy worshiping here? I know that I do, no matter... Who is leading? Who is playing? Worship is always just such an amazing part, I know, of my Sunday morning. I hope that you enjoy it as well. Um, we all kind of have different expressions and ideas of worship. I always kind of laugh that um, if you know my husband, Tom, he's over here somewhere. There he is. He's so handsome. Um, he just can't he stay awake through the entire service. He came straight here. We will see. No, but we, uh, he plays the bass. Um, I learned when we first started dating that first couple months that you're dating someone and you're really interested in everything that they are interested in. I learned that if you play the bass, if you're a real bass player, that's my tom voice. So going forward, this is my tom voice. So you know, it's not, it's a bassist, not a bass player. There's a difference, just so you know. I found that out. Oh, no, that's cool. Very neat. Oh, soon. And I learned that there's a difference in these things. He, his idea of worship is, is very different than mine. I would send him links to songs that I liked, and he'd be like, that's eh, okay. And I'd be like, oh, no, this song's so great. And he'd be like, ah, I mean, the words are kind of shallow. And I'd be like, really? And so he was like, I kid you not, this happened. We're in the truck, and he's like, listen to this song. And he starts playing this song, and these lyrics are like, could we with ink the oceans fill? I know, right? She knows what song this is. Could we the ink with ink the oceans fill, or were the skies with parchment made? If every stalk on earth a quill... I'm waiting for him to start singing it. No, and every man a scribe by trade. And he goes on this beautiful lyrics. And I look at him and I'm just like, what? This guy? Really? Because in the next song that starts playing, I think it's just the next one on his list. I'm pretty sure it's his workout playlist. It's like, rah, 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 rah. Yes, lift heavy things. And I was like, but oh, yes, that's so neat that you think that and you like this worship song because I love you. Anyway, so that is very different perspectives on worship. But we both, and, I, and, I, have, and I, I say that, but I've learned so much from him about what it looks like to worship. But it is, again, very different, very different perspectives, very different styles of worship. But we, we both do love to worship. And you may be in this place today um, and you're like, you know, I, I enjoy worship. Maybe you're here and you're like, I don't even know why, 
why we worship. Why do we, why do we sing those songs up front? Uh, or maybe you're here and you're like, you know, like worship's okay. You know, I, I'm fine to get my coffee, kind of hang out and wander in late. I'm good if I catch that last song. That fourth song is enough, enough music for me. Um, we all kind of have different ideas of an importance um, levels of importance of worship in our lives. And today, that's what we're going um, to talk about. And before we get too far into it, I think maybe we should establish like, a working definition um, of worship. Because again, as we all have different ideas of it, maybe we should kind of get an idea of, of what I'm talking about and what we're kind of referring to as worship today. Um, and, and that is not just the act of singing. Um, whether it's a song that you, you know, we see up on the, on the really, it's, that's just karaoke really good karaoke, especially in this place, but karaoke, you know, nonetheless. Um, and what we're talking about today in worship is when we um, intentionally take ourselves from worship, um, we get out of our own headspace, our own, um, whatever, whatever it is, wherever our minds are, and we intentionally take ourselves from there into a, sp- a headspace and, and truly a heart space of worshiping God of giving him praise, of giving him worship, um, of giving him adoration, of giving him thanks, all of, all of those things that he so deserves, um, out of our headspace and, and into that. And, and as we do that, the neat byproduct is then we are allowed to, we open ourselves up to freely receiving from him, to receiving peace and, and comfort. And we receive um, encouragement, maybe direction or enlightenment um, that, that we need. And that is, again, kind of the, the worship that we're going to talk about today. It's that, that purposeful, intentional, you have my focus, you have my attention, um, not just the, again, the few minutes before someone gets up here and talks or some amazing person comes up and does the announcements. Um, that's, the, that's what we're referring to in worship today. And um, we're going to be looking at Psalms 34 as we get into like this, this bite-sized um, principle of worship. If you've been around for a little bit, we've been have, I, I brought my cup. It's in a Starbucks cup. I thought y'all would all find that appropriate for me. Um, and, I have, and I have pretzel M&Ms because it's just got to be different. Yeah. I Brantley stole all the peanut butter M&M's, I'll be honest. Those are the ones. Um, we got to them first. So um, we've been talking about doing thing, learning about things in a, in a bite-sized way. And so today we're talking about worship and what does it look like um, to have worship as a bite-sized spiritual principle. And like I said, we're looking at Psalms 34. Um, and again, if you're in this place and you're wondering... Does it matter? Does it matter if I get in for worship on Sunday morning? Does it matter if I worship through the week? Like, surprise, it does. How, how crazy would it be if I got up here and I was like, it doesn't matter. Like, how mad would Corey be at me if I was like, just kidding, guys. It doesn't matter. But it does. Um, it does matter. And there are accounts all through Scripture um, where, it, where it shows us the importance and the power of worship. In Acts, it talks about Paul and Silas being in prison. They are literally chained to the walls, and they begin to worship, and chains break. And then um, in Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, it talks about how uh, the Lord's people are surrounded. They're being invaded, and they start to praise. They start to worship, and the, the Lord turns uh, his face to them, and all of a sudden, their enemies are defeated. Powerful things happen um, when we worship. And today, we want to look at what the psalmist David um, says, what he says about um, what happens if we choose to tru- truly worship. So it's Psalms 34 and verse 1. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. 
My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify. Everyone say magnify. The Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. As I read this portion of scripture recently, um, it kind of hit me like I, it never had before. And, and it's, it's so simple, um, but I just, I was just like, man, we, I, we've got to talk about this. Because um, it's in the magnifying of his name. That, that word magnify, the magnifying of his name, of who he is. Again, getting out of my headspace and being able to focus on him. John um, 3.30 says, I must decrease so he can increase. Um, and as I, as I was reading through this, I was like, no, the power is in magnifying him. And you may say that, man, that's, that's simple. Really, Stephanie, you haven't thought of this before. Um, but it's true. As we magnify him, when you magnify something, you make it, you make it bigger so that you can see it better, right? Well, God is already as big as he's going to be. We cannot make him any bigger than he already is. So what we magnify is our ability and our view of him. What we magnify is our ability to see and understand and know the goodness of God and who he is. And I just thought, wow, like what does it look like if we can change our view so that we see more of him? who he is, what he's capable of, and praising him because of those things. Um, and the very handsome Tom Robinson and I were talking about this um, earlier, and, and he was giving me this example, and I was like, wow, that's, that's really insightful, and if he wasn't here, I wouldn't give him any credit, but he is. And so this is Tom's idea, and he was like, you know if you have a cup and you poke a hole, and I hope someone has a first aid kit on hand, because I'm not 100. I haven't, I didn't put a hole in it. And you put a hole in it. Or maybe I can't do it. Tom may have to come up here and, and do this. So you put a hole in it, like this. There you go. And let's just say, for example, I have this hole in this cup, and I take it outside, and I'm going to look up at the sky. And you ever do this when you're a kid, and you make yourself your own little binoculars? I look up at the sky through the hole the, in the bottom of this cup. It does not make the sky any bigger or any smaller how big I've made this hole in the bottom of my cup, does it? But what does change is how much I'm able to see of the sky through this little hole. And I thought, man, what an appropriate analogy on how we often view worship. How um, much emphasis we put on worship helps determine how big this little hole is that we're able to see God through. And... We don't do this on purpose, right? This is, we don't make little worship holes consciously. This is something that subconsciously happens. Um, we don't mean to view God in a little way, um, but we do. Oftentimes we do. Um, we, and unfortunately, a lot of times, again, in our worship, we, we minimize worship. We minimize declaring who God is, and then we wonder why we have a minimum view of God. We skim by, again, on, that, on those um, four praise songs on Sunday morning, and then we wonder why we have a minimum experience with him. We close our eyes to the magnitude of who he is and wonder why we're, con and we're confused, why he appears so small in our lives, so small in our situations, so small in our hurts, and so small in our pains. And I think it really comes down to how big have we made our view of him? And this is why we're looking um, at David. Um, David, the psalmist, I, I love, and we're going to go through the rest of this chapter because I think it's really enlightening. 
Because um, David, when he's writing this, is at a really pivotal time in his life. Um, where his view of God is really going to make all the di difference. So at this point um, where we find David, he is running for his life. Um, if, a little backstory on David, if you don't know the story of David. Um, he's a shepherd out taking care of some sheep. All of a sudden, he comes to a place in life where God he uses him, saves all the people. Yay, everyone loves him. The king is like, yo, thank you for saving all the people. Come hang out with me. So he comes and hangs out with King Saul. And then Saul's like, hmm, he notices people are really starting to like David. I think they may like him more than me. I think I'll kill David because I don't want anyone to like him more than me. And so David's like, I'm going to get out of here. And he takes off. And so as he leaves, he's running. And Saul's got all of his army out looking for David, trying to kill him. That's how much he does. And so he gets out. And then David hides among the Philistines for a while. Well, they don't like David either. And so he gets out from around them. And he finds himself in a cave. Um, and he's had some family that's, that's come to join him. Um, but it just seems like a pretty um, bleak situation. And just very, you know, I, at least if it were me, I would be pretty full of despair, probably feeling a little hopeless, you know, in my little cave um, with the thousands of people on the search trying to kill me. Um, but this is what he says. He says, oh, magnify the Lord with me instead. And he goes on to give us this example of worship. It's only seven verses, but I think it's such a perfect picture um, of what, when we truly worship him, what it can do. In verse 4, it says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. Those who look upon him are radiant. Their faces shall not be ashamed. The poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and he saved him out of his troubles. Can you imagine being in a cave, and you really believe this, that the Lord saved me from my troubles? The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. In a cave, what I can imagine is few possessions. He says, I lack no good thing. And as David um, is speaking this, as he is worshiping, his view of God expanded. And that view allowed David to see God without the limitations of his current situation. And I would venture to guess that there's probably someone in this place today that you would say, man, I'm in a tough, I'm in a tough spot. I don't, I don't know if my current view is going to be enough to get me through. And it may be that you need a, a larger view, a larger experience, a greater understanding of who God is if you're going to escape this current situation. You know, and you may say, I've been worshiping God for a long time. I love me some worship. And I feel like, especially amongst this family, like, you know, you know who loves them some worship, right? Like, you, you, you hear Pastor Marvin over there with a, with a hello and a Jesus every once in a while. But even Pastor Marvin's view of God can be expanded. Even Pastor Marvin can take some time. Like I said, someone will get the first aid kit just in case. And expand this. Because, again, that sky's not getting any bigger. But our view can. And so 
Again, what, is that, what does that look like? What are those questions that we ask ourselves? Is God big enough to restore my marriage? Is, is God big enough to bring peace and direction to my life? Because I feel really, really lost. Is, is God big enough to bring comfort when the person I love died and I feel robbed of time and relationship with them? We ask ourselves these questions today, and I think David wants to answer by saying, how much have you magnified God with your praise? Have you responded to the invitation to magnify him? Have you responded with the invitation to worship, to truly worship, not karaoke worship, truly worship, not just in here on a Sunday morning, but in our cars, when we drive, in our homes, in our quiet times, have we responded to that invitation to magnify the Lord? Because he does deserve it, and because we need it. We need that expanded view. And when we think, um, I think that often we feel like when we worship, we're giving something up. And in a very real way, we are. <laughs> Uh, when, we, when we worship, um, when we tell him who he is and we tell him how great he is and we tell him that we love him and we trust him with our situations. And so often I feel like we, we want to hold on, right? We want to hold on because in those situations, especially the ones where we feel real powerless, I mean, we, we want to hold on to that because there's some control in that. But man, there's, there's freedom when we say, God, you're good. You, you are big. I can't even begin to are worthy. You can do the things that I can't even begin to wrap my mind around. And we open ourselves up and worship, but there is, there is a release of, of power. There's a, a re release of control in identifying who he is just generally and then who he is to us personally because we are magnifying someone. All of our lives magnify someone. And we just have to make the decision if it's going to be the Lord or if it's going to be ourselves. And again, not something that we do consciously. I think a lot of times we do it very subconsciously of keeping that control. But man, David says he is big enough and he can if we open our eyes to that truth. Not just a little part of a service, not just um, background music as I drive. But true worship, when applied correctly, changes our relationship with God and the power that we give him in our situations. So if you're in this place this morning, I, verse 4 says simply this, I sought the Lord and he answered me. Uh, on on uh, this week, um, if you're on Facebook, we have this little group called Momentum Together. It's a little private group where we all, we created it so that we could like, kind of connect. Hey, I'm going to Starbucks. Who wants to come? Hey, I'm going to this concert. Anybody interested? And it's become this, this group um, where people do that, but also share prayer requests and, and encouraging things. So if you, if you want to be part of that group, find it on Facebook. We'd love for you to be a part of it too. It's a fun little, fun little way for us to stay connected through the week. Um, but on... Um, on that, that page, um, one of our friends, her name is Natalie, she posted uh, this testimony of what God was doing, not 
here on a Sunday morning, but on a cruise ship in the middle of somewhere that's much warmer than it is here. And as she read it, I was like, dang, Natalie, you're going to preach my sermon. Get up off my toes. But I thought it was really appropriate. Um, and so I wanted um, to share, or I wanted her to be able to share um, a little bit of her story today. So let's watch this. Broadcasting live and in living color from a boat in the middle of the vast sea. I've been on a cruise all week and miss my church. I haven't been as happy as I've ever been these last few months coming regularly to church to worship, hear the good word, and be in fellowship with my brothers and sisters. I've been looking forward to this cruise for over a year, but the last few days I've struggled with unexplained depression that hasn't been a problem for me for many years. How could I be in paradise and be sad? How could I be surrounded by family and feel alone? How could I have every fun opportunity in front of me and find no joy? So my brain came on vacation to seek peace, fun, and joy, but found none of it. I racked my brain, frustrated that I couldn't find the answer to why I was feeling this way. It just didn't make sense. Well, this morning I found the solution and it was so simple. At home, we listened to worship music and prayed together all day long. I've been ever so aware of it and diligent because of my kids. My kids are at home, so my reminder was gone. I prayed a few times on this trip, asking for protection for us and my kids back in Georgia, but I haven't taken the time to praise, worship, and thank God while I've been here. I've been too busy seeking peace, fun, and joy in the material, and have neglected to seek the source of all these good things that come from Him. Well, hallelujah, this morning I popped up out of bed with this revelation, hit the top deck track with my headphones, put on my worship playlist, and started to sing and walk stand in awe of his awesome creation surrounding me. With every shout of praise, I found joy. With every cry of worship, I found peace. And now I feel light as a feather, ready to have fun with the God of my salvation. We are forever changed. A new creation in Christ Jesus. He is and will always be the answer. The ways of this world just don't work anymore. He tried to make it simple for us, but like many, I struggle with overthinking and overcomplicating his perfect plan. If you're struggling to find peace and joy today, please take that moment today or many moments throughout the day to praise and glorify Jesus. I love Natalie's story. Is that so neat? Like I said, all up on my toes. But I feel like she did such a wonderful job um, articulating the things that I feel like a lot of us feel. Um, but at least I know that I have a hard time putting into words often. Um, that as we magnify him, again, as, as our view of him gets bigger, um, it gets bigger than our troubles. And as we declare the truth, the, the real truth, understanding the truth of who he is in our lives, man, there's power in that declaration. And so... Um, our M&Ms, again, if you haven't been here, we've been using M&Ms every, every time we, we uh, take that one step. We, we read that one Bible verse. We, in this case, we listen to that one worship song. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember and take them all back out. Don't judge me. Whatever that is, we take that minute to stop and pray or stop and pray with our kids. You know, we're, put, we're just a little bit, and this is helping us to remember that it's just a little bit at a time. Because that cup is more full than it was just a couple seconds ago. And so this week, uh, the M&M looks like that. It's just a small little bite we take to worship. And um, you may say, like, I'm, not, I'm not good at worship. 
what does that even mean? I hear people say that. It's just like, you know what, if, if you feel that way, and, and all jokes aside, if you're like, I don't really even, again, I don't really understand what worship means, or maybe you go far to say, I, I think it's just emotional. I think it's just kind of riling our emotions up. I said, I want to encourage you this week to just start off small. Start off with it, just background music in your car. Just that little bit. Just start off just hearing it. And then as the days go on and you get more comfortable, then take some time to stop and listen to the words. And after that, just start listening to those words, see what they mean, and then start putting your own words to it. Taking time to, to understand, maybe, yes, what that person who's written this song um, is saying, but, but what is God speaking to you as that person sings? And then get real crazy and sing for yourself. And again, you may be hearing you say, Man, worship is something that I do. I love me some worship. I enjoy it. It's the best part of my day. You may be like Natalie. You saw her Spotify list with, all, with that big, big, long list of songs that she likes. Hey, do that some more. I said, and share it with somebody else. Because there may be something that God's speaking to you through those words in worship. That you may be like Tom and you, you, know, you have words that I don't understand all the, word, all the lyrics to. Or, um, or that or they doesn't have enough low end. That's why he doesn't like a lot of songs. There's not enough low end. There's not enough bass. <laughs> Told you that's my Tom voice. Everyone has, is different. And let me give you the freedom to say it's okay to not like every song. It is okay not to like every worship song. There's a whole world of music. Find something that you connect with and engage with God. That's the most important thing. Engage with God during those times. Focused, intentional. And to help, we're going to have a Spotify playlist going out every day this week. If you're not sure where to start me, I'll send you the link. Whatever, um, whatever it looks like, again, no matter what you, your, your worship experience is, we can all take time this week and find a time to connect with God. And um, then we come back next week in this place and we worship together. Isn't that neat? And if you're on Facebook, then you don't get to experience it. And so come to this place next week so you get to worship. Because um, I think it's neat um, that in, in that passage of Scripture in Psalms 34, can we put that first one back up, um, verse 1 to 3? Verse 1 says, his praise will continually be in my mouth. And then verse 3, it says, let us magnify him together. And I think that it's in that order for a reason. How powerful is our praise? If we've prepared our hearts, we've worshiped him all week long by ourselves, we've let God be seen in our worship, that other people have seen God in our worship through our week, and then we come in here, and it doesn't take Pastor Corey one or two songs to get us all wound up and ready for worship. If we come in here ready, man, how much can we help other people experience God in this place? Can this place become a sanctuary of worship? Because we all have individually let his praise be on our mouth, and then we come together to magnify him. Imagine what that looks like. A big God, not a, not a pinhole-sized view of God, a God who is able and willing, who wants to show us more of who he is. So as we end today, I know we're talking about worship, so it would make sense for the band to come back up, and we're going to do one more song together. We're not going to do that today. 
Today, we're going to leave without another um, chord being struck, another um, voice singing, another lyric, because I, what I want you to do is I want you to go home and discover it for yourselves. Go home today. Go get in your car. Put on a song and worship. Go pick up your kids and find a song that they like. It may not always look like the songs that you like. Go find a song that they can worship to and worship with them as you drive home. And let's expand our view of what it looks like to worship God because God is just waiting on us to carve that hole just a little bit bigger to be able to see him more, to be able to magnify and increase our view of who he is and our perspective of him in our life and in our situations. Increase our ability to see not just what um, he could do, what he can do in our life, but what, again, what he wants to do. You go home and decide what you believe that God wants to speak to you in worship. What does he want to do? What does he want to change? Because I, I believe that he can. But what do you believe that he can do in your life? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much. God, for a group of people who, whether or not we realize it at times, you created us to worship you. You created us to praise you. God, and as we've come into this place today and we have worshiped, we have sought you, we have, we have looked and we have seen your face, God, I pray that you would help us all, just little by little every day, one bite at a time, be able to expand our view of who you are, to magnify you in our lives to where we see less of us and more of you. God, be with my friends as they go through this week. God, speak to them. Let it be clear, God, in their, in their ears as they hear the music they put on their radios or that they sing out of their own mouths. God, as they sing those words and they worship you, show yourself true to them. Make yourself real to us, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.